Stanford Steve and the Bear is presented by Allstate. Get protected from mayhem this year when you switch and save with Allstate. The underdog is howling. Stanford Steve and the Bear. Ah, yes. A home team getting points. What's better than that? Welcome in week two of the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast. Uh, getting to you a little bit earlier than we would like this week, but that will hopefully change in the weeks coming. Just a lot of things going on, we'll just say, to start the season. <laughs> uh, Bear, your first weekend of travel. We're home. We're good. Yeah, no, it, no, it was a uh, it was a fun week. Got to uh, go to go to Pittsburgh and see the in laws and had an awesome dinner at this nice Italian place called Danoyas, which was so if you're in the uh, the Pittsburgh area, you ever go go to a Steelers game or a Panthers game, at Danoyas on the strip is uh, they'll they'll treat you right. So we did that. We got a uh, we got it we got a half of pit uh, of the backyard brawl, which was awesome, and it was a. Uh, it was great to uh, talk to some uh, some people associated on the uh, the West Virginia sideline, and it's funny when, when they brought up Green in a quarterback a couple times. I went up to one of the West Virginia guys, and I was like, "Can can you tell me why he didn't play last year against stay in the game against Oklahoma?" And he just kind of laughed and said, "We're asking ourselves the same question." And I was like, "Good, that's all I needed to hear." So did that. Took off. Took off after halftime. Went to uh, Columbus. And uh, had, had, they had the, that wild show, unfortunately, on Saturday morning where we were lightning in the area. We had to move inside, then move mm. back outside, and then had the uh, the game on Saturday night. But no, we are we are home now, and we are we're, we're dialed into some U.S. Open quarterfinals, and we're we're ready to go for uh, what appears to be a uh, I don't know about you, but uh, this appears to be a hold your nose type of week for me. <laughs> That's what my 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 my, my card my card. Uh, I don't think anybody ever uh, has put little asterisks and stars next to the combination of teams that I currently have on my uh, on my notebook. I got circles with question marks. I got underlined with question marks. I got totals with question marks. We'll get to that all. Uh, but just to a uh, you know a quick look back. Everybody's giving their thoughts and stuff like that. You know, I just want because I don't know what to make of it. But did you – I just want to start with the game you were at with Ohio State and Notre Dame because mm-hmm. I have not gone back and watched that one. I've got a bunch of stuff that I've already gone back and watched that we'll get to. Uh, but what what's your takeaway? Was it, was it Ohio State's defense showing what you thought they were capable in the second half? Or was it Notre Dame's lack of playmakers? Was it Ohio State just needs to get out of here with a win? What, what was your takeaway? I think it was a combination of all that, but I think the biggest takeaway – that I had um, was the Notre Dame defense and they can run and they're well coached and they know their assignments. And then it was the one time that they decided to to send the safeties uh, that made them pay that ultimately put Ohio state ahead for good. But we had this conversation before, before the, uh, the season started about depending on how things went on the schedule and how certain teams looked, uh, there was a potential that Notre Dame could lose that game. And, uh, and went out. And I think after what we've seen from North Carolina and their defense, that's certainly a game that mm-hmm. uh, Notre Dame can feel confident in its ability to win. Uh, we saw Clemson uh, last night, and it looks like the same old garbage Clemson offense with, with DJ that we saw last year. I would, they're gonna have, I would be surprised if by the time they play, if, if Club Dick wasn't the quarterback, and then they have SC. But, but I do think ultimately – they're in a their lack of playmakers on offense, and, and I think Buckner's uh, arm liabilities at times. Like he made some throws to Mayer, and he made a couple of nice, nice throw downfield throws. But I think consistently, are, are they going to be able to move the ball? I think that's going to be a big question. But, but um, I came away very impressed with uh, with the Notre Dame defense, no doubt. And I think Notre Dame fans should be fired up of what they saw in the first regular season game under Marcus. As the head coach, I thought they were prepared. I thought Ohio State ended up getting to a point where they could exploit them in a circumstance, and they took advantage of when they could. And that's what that is. And that's why I was a game I was not interested in because there was a much unknown, and that had a lot more to do with Notre Dame than it did Ohio State for me because I just wanted to see it out there. I had confidence in the defense. They had guys coming back. They were going to have returning 
uh, guys up front, guys back from injury in this in the second level. And I wanted to see that, and I thought it was a tough spot for Buckner because I don't think he's he, you know it's it's fact he he doesn't have as much as Cone did around him offensively, uh, but he has a better offensive line, and now they don't have their their best running back, so they had to do what they had to do there. So I I, I thought I I took away uh, feeling good about Notre Dame moving forward. Is it going to be flashy and high flying? No, it's going to be play to our strengths. Let's do what we need to do to win, and hopefully they can rely on that defense uh, that showed out in in, in a tough. Um, situation in Columbus uh just going around and and watching stuff uh it was pretty evident the two best teams I think are in their own tier and when I think about Georgia and Alabama I mean wow one played a power five one didn't it sort of was the same score but I'll say this I heard Jesse Palmer say it's the best he's ever seen Stetson Bennett look I totally agree and when I go back and watch it good luck Good luck trying to defend this team because I don't know what you do when you say, all right, this is going to be our focus. We're going to try and take away this because with the misdirection, with the out-of-pocket stuff, with the tight ends they could throw at you, with the speed on the outside, they are so versatile and maybe probably, yeah, I'll say they're, they're more versatile than Alabama right now. They are. And I mean, just, Good luck. I, I, I'm talking to people around that program. They were revved up. I kept saying it last week, and that's why I wanted no part of Oregon in this game. And Georgia proved that they do have the cupboards uh, still stocked full of athletes. Uh, your thoughts when you when you saw that one? You know, I, I think we we hinted that we, we kind of felt that they were going to be a lot better on offense this year. People kind of raised an eyebrow and tried to figure out how. And well, that that's why because because you hit on you didn't even mention the. The, the ability to the, the running backs out of the backfield catching the ball as well. Mm. Like, I mean, you, you just got a sense that this was a team that was kind of tired of being a little bit of an afterthought and uh, defending national champion, but it was still Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. They came out and uh, I mean, it, it was, it was scary. What were they scoring? Seven straight drives to, yep. to start the game. And I mean, they really made Oregon look, almost look like a division two team. Like, like they, they just, whatever they wanted that they got. And uh, we will see how Oregon uh, to, to move it to the ducks can rebound for that. Uh, if they can have some type of year, but we, we touched on like we've seen uh, how bad must Thompson be, by the way, for Oregon, if Bo mm-hmm. Nix is starting there, how bad or how much, how much lacking in confidence must uh, the, the staff there be it to be to, to not let Thompson be the guy because uh, there is clear you got you got the whispers before the year that they were having trouble on offense with at mm-hmm. the quarterback position in some of their their their, their summer camp and uh, boy did it show. Yeah, and that was why I figured Oregon is the biggest wild card to me in the in the conference for sure for the Pac-12 because I understand they have the guys back on defense. They were non-existent because of Georgia's scheme Saturday. And then what are you going to do to counterpoint that if you're not sure what you're going to get from your defense? You can't rely on that offense the way they were. Uh, so they they got a lot of work to do. Uh, I believe they get BYU coming in in a couple weeks, which is another team I'll touch on with their, their game coming mm-hmm. up this week. Uh, but just looking back, I also think um, the most important win was for Billy Napier. And that was some big boy football uh, oh, in that was second great. half. It was Absolutely phenomenal. I thought Utah's offensive line was more than what I expected. On the other hand, I'm not trying to take away anything from Florida. Utah just doesn't have difference makers up front on the defensive line that they've had in years past. And I thought that was pretty evident because Florida stayed on on track. And what I mean that is they kept everything manageable. And when they needed to play, Richardson made it. Not always not always with his arm. It was a, yep. it was an, it was impressive to me that they were able to run the football consistently. I think I saw Whittingham say in the press conference this week they had 27 missed missed tackles, usually around 8 or 9, mm-hmm. and that's what stuck out to me. Now, yep. Utah's done this every year. Started out, you know, with a loss early and they gradually get better and they're a team you don't want to see. I still think they have everything in front of them. I think that loss is not going to be nearly what I thought it was going to be if they were to lose the game, showing, seeing the capability of Florida. So I take away a lot 
from uh, both those teams. Nothing to be ashamed of for Utah. Obviously, you want that win and things didn't work out. You tighten up things in the, inside the five-yard line. And also for Florida, man, if you get this one this week, boy, does, does the outlook change. And uh, <laughs> I'm happy for them because I said it's, it's been a while, 13 years since they won the SEC, but that game was special. Did you think did you you think Thomas got in on that one play in, in the end zone? No, they, I thought he did originally, and then the replay. No, because I I thought he initially did too, and then I mean obviously our game was going on. Yep. At the same time, so I never really saw a conclusive replay, but I initially thought live that he, that he did get in. So, but yeah, I I think you hit on something there too. I think the the take a couple of takeaways here. Number one, the people destroying Dan Mullen for not playing Richardson last year. Oh, by the way, he did not look like that when he played no. last year. And then he was hurt. And then he got hurt. Yep. So he, like, he wasn't available to play. So the people getting all high and mighty about cr- crushing Dan Mullen for being dumb and not playing. Well, A, he did try playing him once. Mm-hmm. And then he got hurt. So we couldn't play him. So moving on to number two is, I, I, I think the takeaway for like people are crushing the Pac-12. Oh, here we go again. They suck. They played themselves out of playoff contention and, and maybe the latter part of that is, is true but oh Utah was overrated no that that was more about Florida being better and an unbelievable mm-hmm. individual performance by their quarterback than mm-hmm. Utah being terrible like you Utah played well rising had a I, I felt so bad for him because that run he had on that final drive mm-hmm. before the interception of the end zone was so key and then kid just made a play. So, yeah, I think that was more – not about Utah sucking or being overrated. That was about more about Florida stepping up as a home underdog, being a lot better than people expected them to be. Agreed. And I will say, I know that was everybody's uh, eye up there. Oh, we got good AP, new AP rankings out. Beautiful. Uh, let's see, biggest change. Notre Dame drops to nine. Michigan up to five. Clemson stays at four. Hmm. I was just going to say, who was four? Because who yeah. was funny? Kirk and Kirk and Not I the team I watched last night. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. That, you, that is the same crap offense that it was last year. Man, I mean, thank God for their special teams with, with the block punts. Yeah. Or, or else who the hell knows what happens in that game. But I know, I know Dabble will probably try and – Sell sell ice to the Eskimos and water to those in, in Venice. It's obvious to everybody. I mean, it's obvious mm-hmm. what what needs to happen. Yeah, and uh, I know it was against backups, and people are going to overreact to that. But it, what 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 about the last year? It wasn't just like it was yesterday. Like what the what you have a year and that now all the off season lost weight, got better, and <laughs> it's the same stuff. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see how long uh, they go before they make a change that uh, if they plan on being a national title contender or winning that league, uh, they're going to need to make a change. Before we move on, there's one quick thing I want to mention. The new College Game Day podcast with Reese Davis and Pete Thamel is cranking out new episodes three days a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mondays, they're recapping the action from the weekend. Wednesdays, they're bringing in David Pollock to get his take on the college football landscape. And Friday, they're making picks, picking games with college football numbers guru, Bill Connolly. That's the College Game Day podcast. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or watch it on the ESPN College Football YouTube page. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
All right, and we got a sponsor for a new feature here this week. This Mayhem Moment is brought to you by Allstate. Protect yourself from mayhem and save money by switching to Allstate. And that Mayhem Moment is the game that was in San Antonio this week. There this past week between Houston and, and UTSA. My God, did UTSA show out from the fan perspective. They had everything they wanted, a ranked team in-state coming in, and they had the lead. And credit to Dana Hogerson and his team and, and quarterback Toon. They were phenomenal. Everything they needed to, to accomplish and, and convert in a comeback, they got done. And then you get the late field goal, and then the Roadrunners come down and execute and get that field goal. And then over time, it was just great play after great play. And I think if if Taylor wants to have one back, he holds on to that ball a second later, and the tight end's opening the flat in the end zone, and we're playing another overtime. We might still be playing uh, the way it is, but I just want to get that game in because that was my favorite game of the weekend. I, I thought this, the Roadrunners had a chance. And I'll say this moving ahead now, they got some work cut out for them because now you go from blowing a lead to a ranked opponent at home in state. And now you go to Army. And then next week you go to Austin. So what could be an 0-2 start is is very possible and possibly an 0-3. So as we as we look ahead to this week. I'm trying to find some underdogs um, that I like. They're not sticking out on a Tuesday right now, but I do have Army circled. Uh, your thoughts uh, on the Roadrunners and, and, and Cadets? Yeah, the, the, good, the good thing is that uh, looking at the next week, they uh, they will benefit from four quarters of pounding from Alabama. On will it be four quarters? Probably. Yeah. I really... I, I I think it could be. I, I I don't know how many stops Texas will get in this game, but you're right. I I had I had UTSA on the board last week, and once they got to overtime, I, I literally with that with that field goal, I'm like, okay. You, and, mm. But yeah, to, to get that late field goal to send it to overtime, great finish. Probably should have won the game. Probably shouldn't have come down to that. And then once they got to overtime, oh my god, no, here we go. Let's have another brutal beat where they where you've got the right side the entire game, and you're going to lose by. You're gonna lose by six or eight or whatever in overtime. So, but I uh, know that that was a UTSA team that uh, we we saw their ability on offense. I, I did not see any of the Army game uh, th- this weekend. So I did. I, I could, okay, talk to me. Army, of course. Uh, if you had, that's why I was just, I was thinking about people that took Coastal because I'll tell you what. I again am impressed with Coastal, and I'll tell you what. Uh, I don't know what this quarterback class is going to shake out. But, man, Grayson McCall's got some big cojones. And that kid gets you in a situation of, of, of winning time all the time and just does the right thing. They're up three late. They know they can't give the ball back to Army. And they just get a great drive for a touchdown to go up 10. And they take time off the clock. And it's just everything you want in your quarterback. And, it's, and it starts solely with him on decision-making. It feels like he always makes the right decision, and on top of it, the execution is right there. I was really impressed with, with what I saw from Coastal. Army, you know, hits two huge pass plays that when you look at the score, you're like, yep, figures Army hung around with Coastal, but that's what it was. Army, I want to say it was 250-plus. One was even 75. Uh, so they were, they were benefit there. And Army's Army, you know, you know what they're bringing to the table, and that's what I just I I think about the Roadrunners going up there now, uh, early kick out of their time zone, all that stuff that people you know wagering on the games love to talk about. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a situation of you haven't seen Army, do you know Army? Because this is what Army's going to give you. All righty, another team brutal loss. Now this line just keeps going up. That's App State. I know a lot of game day people will have their eyes on this game <laughs> as yeah. App State's going to AM. It's funny and- because I, 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 had, I wrote my little, my, my weekly look ahead note. Like, is this one too obvious? Like, like, which way is it going to land? Because there's so many factors at play. Yeah. You've got yeah. people who realize that App State is good. Uh, I think you saw AM struggle offensively prior to the. The long delay. I think mm-hmm. you see AM, AM having Miami coming in next week. Like there, there, there's so many things at play here. So I think the 
my initial reaction was, I, I think that people will be on Appalachian State, and, and I think it might be one of those that looks a little too obvious for it to come to fruition. So we'll we'll see how how App State does going on the road this week to a uh, to a hostile environment, another another hot environment, and uh, against a uh, a pretty good team. Yeah, I. I... I don't know, man. 19 is a lot. I'd have to take App State there. Uh, I understand a and You talked about it. The look-ahead deal with game day coming in and a and just wanting that chance to prove everything they have. They take the foot off the gas. You know App State's not going to take the foot off the gas the way no. they came back. And I understand a and has a totally different defense than North Carolina. I understand we'll get to North Carolina. Well, they have a defense. So yes. That, that, yes. That's the difference. So uh, if this keeps – I mean, if this is 20, I mean, that's the same as Bama's giving it Texas. Like, I I know they're <laughs> all teams in different categories, but I feel like I know what I'm getting with App State. Um, so a little bit more. So I would I would lean towards them if it, if it keeps going up there uh, to yeah. 20. Uh, another yeah, under – Go ahead. Oh, I, I was, I was going to say while we're on the that the A and M, and we mentioned Miami as well. Like I, I, I think I am going to take Southern Miss this week. Okay, plus the uh, twenty six and a half. Uh, again, same thing. Miami, the game and we came out and just scored at will against Bethune Cookman, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they got. I think they got a couple of injuries that they might look at. Maybe they hold some guys out prior to the uh, the trip to College Station next week. Southern Miss gave gave that game away late, a lot of late score, lost mm-hmm. in overtime. Five turnovers. Like they, they they should have won that game. Um, Frank Gore's son plays for for Southern Miss. I'm sure he'll be mm. excited to to play in South Florida. But 26 and a half on the road. We would kind of look well, what we mentioned. You got got the first real like land landmark kind of uh, where 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 are we type of type of program? Where are we right now in the the Mario Cristobal era? Next week, mm-hmm. like. I, I think it's about next week and just escaping, just doing bare minimum to get by. So I, I, I can, I think I'm going to be on Southern Miss on Saturday plus the 26 and a half. All right. You mentioned 26. I'll just say this. I can't help but see Ohio plus 26 against Penn state. I that's, that's a, that's a, that's a, whatever 20 plus spread. I have my eyes on that. I might have to take, cause I think Ohio is a very capable team. I'm not saying they're going to win the game. I think they'll be keep close Penn state. Going to Auburn the following week, same kind of scenario there. But one underdog I want to talk about because I watched the tape on this team and the team that they're playing, and that's Georgia State is getting seven and a half at home in Turner Field against the Tar Heels. Now everybody's seen North Carolina now. They know how good Drake May is, and they saw that defense do what they did You know, the last two weeks. When I watched Georgia State, I know they lost by 21 points to South Carolina, but I'm telling you, this team is different. They play hard, and they have a different kind of run scheme now that North Carolina got exposed throwing the football the last couple of weeks, and now they got to line up and, and stop the run. I really think Georgia State is scary in this situation uh, because they have athletes on defense, uh, 42 and 1 and 24. Those guys are come up and hit you, and I think the offensive line is, is good enough uh, to, to get some movement up front. So when I'm looking at these underdogs, I know it, it, it opened at 10. It's down to seven and a half. I, I have to think I'm going to be taking Georgia State here this week. Bear, it's you. It's Iowa State. It's your <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes. It's the Cyhawk Assess. Uh, well, what's our little, like, uh, pet category that we – the game we want absolutely no part of? <laughs> the game I want absolutely no part of is this. I mean, you, you, you can't bet Iowa because you know what you're getting offensively. Mm-hmm. And you can't bet Iowa State because you know the ridiculous ways they have found to lose games against this team going back to even predating Brock Purdy. So it's like uh, you're, it's, it's a total coin. I mean, you can't bet on that Iowa offense. Are they going to be as bad as they were last week? Probably not. But I, I didn't know it was possible to have a QBR of 1.1. Like, I, I didn't know that that was mathematically allowed, but that's what Spencer Petrus did last week. Mm. And, and you know, you, and, and you know, you're going to get some fourth and two punts uh, in positions where you should go for it. 
You know you're going to get a, an untimely turnover from Iowa State. Like, you, you want to play Iowa State because you saw how bad Iowa was uh, last week offensively. But at the same time, it's kind of like a, when, when Michigan basically, like, lost the game versus Ohio State simply when they well, – or really the other way around, when Ohio State lost the game with Michigan uh, simply when they were the helmet game. Like, that, that's kind of where we are with this right now. So until Iowa State actually, like, gets over the hump and does it, it's hard to back them. I, I think there is something to, to Matt Campbell – um, and the way he approaches this week, I think, I think he gets a little tight. I think he's still looking for the right. Like here, here's a little, here's a little just an example. Like, like I remember when we, when we did the game uh, last, I guess it was later, last year in Ames. Like every, it's seemingly every week, one of the coaches will, like the coach of the home team will, if, if it's a later game in the afternoon or evening, uh, we'll, we'll get the coach to come by and he's like, oh no, I, I don't want to break my routine or like. Well, your routine, your routine against Iowa has resulted in a loss. Like they, maybe you should be breaking your routine. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I have a hard. I, I want no part of this game. I'm just gonna sit back and, and and laugh at either a how bad the Iowa offense is, allowing Iowa State to finally beat them, or b laughing at Iowa State and how they commit an untimely turnover to once again uh, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Gotcha. Uh, let's stay on the big name games because the game I want no part of is Alabama and Texas. I know everybody's going to want analysis on the game. I don't really have much. I watch Alabama and I think they're really damn good. I watch Texas and I think they're improved, but that was against UL Monroe. And I will say, I do think Texas has the goods uh, to score. Now with that, I think with a freshman quarterback, there are going to be mistakes made. So how far down or how far, how, you know, far do they fall behind is what it comes down to for me. I don't see really a weakness with Alabama. I really, I really don't. If you want to talk about the secondary, go ahead. Those guys will come up and hit you right in the teeth. It's a great matchup for Alabama's the secondary against the skill guys of Texas. I think Sark's going to, you know, work his butt off to get his quarterback in the right situation but do they execute? And that's where Alabama destroys you, is they take you out of your ex- execution. They have the best edge guys, I think, in the country, uh, and that's just a disruption because you could say, we're not going to leave a, a freshman tackle on Will Anderson. That's great. Are you going to use two guys? Are you better off just letting them run free and throwing screens around them and running jet sweeps side to side? I don't know. That's why these guys get paid the money, and that's why we're on a Zoom call on a Tuesday trying to figure out what we're doing. So it's a game I don't want nothing to part of. I obviously be watching it. Um, plenty of friends on both on both staffs, and I just feel like it's a it's a it's a measuring point, benchmark, whatever you want to call it for Texas. And I think it is a lot of times whenever you get an Alabama team coming coming to your building, and I think it's a moral victory if Texas covers the game. I'll just say that. Yeah, I, I, I think this is, we're, we're on the same page in terms of everyone's going to want analysis in this game, and it, it kind of is what it is. I don't think Texas feels pretty – I don't think Texas feels very good about their ability to stop Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I think my if my play for the week will be Alabama team total over okay. whatever – that winds up landing on. But I will say this though about, about Texas, and again, Alabama is not Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, or Baylor. I, I don't want anybody to insinuate that I'm thinking that they are. Mm-hmm. But, but last year, Texas did have the lead entering the fourth quarter over three teams that wound up finishing in the top ten, yep. and they lost all those games. So I, I think it is a benchmark, at least, to see how far they've come and can they put the, at least put themselves in a position again to somewhat be competitive. But, but I, I, I don't think, I, I don't think they feel very good about their ability to stop Alabama this week. Yeah. I mean, they're going to change things to, you know, try and make Alabama one dimensional. Good luck with that. Yeah. I think Bryce young is just tremendous and how relaxed he is and poised and sorry. So, so, yeah, sorry. Sorry. So the one dimensional is going to be Jameer Gibbs and his 10 yards carry. Okay. Perfect. Great. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's a, um, they got their work cut out for them. Let's just, let's just say that, uh, 
Moving ahead, uh, your favorite underdog, your most confident to cover this week. My favorite underdog, most confident to cover this week. I like Stanford I, against oh. SC. <laughs> I, I think if you look, you look at SC last week, people see the score and they get all excited. There were three pick sixes in that game, and all three of them came off of like either like tip balls or balls that should have been caught or would have been a first down for Rice. So, yeah, they still would have won anyway. But, but I think people are getting a little excited, a little too excited about SC. Like, they're, they're still going to have to play some defense this week. And McKee is no slouch. I know it was Colgate, but at least they showed a pulse offensively. They, should, they played much better than they did uh, at any point last year. So I, I, I kind of like Stanford plus the, uh, plus the nine and a half. Okay. Uh, I watched both games back because I am the one person that did that because they – you can't see them because they were mm-hmm. both on the Pac-12 network last week. The issue I have is first on Stanford's side of the ball, they don't have a guy that'll make you miss in the open field. And when you are going to play a team of this caliber, you need that. You need somehow to get big, big plays. I don't think Stanford's offensive line is consistent enough uh, to move the ball consistently on the ground, as we've seen, you know, obviously people have been talking about it for years now. Uh, so I, I think it's a little one-dimensional. I Yes, I love McKee. I, he can make every throw there is. He's going to need to. SC is really active and disruptive up front, and I think that's going to give Stanford problems. I think they could get pressure with minimal guys, which will help them on the back end, which I don't even think they need. And my issue on the other side is Stanford's defensive line is below average. I'll just say that. And I think SC is going to be able to do whatever they want. And especially when they get on the edge, they have six guys that are light years ahead of any skill guy uh, Stanford has as as far as when it comes to making guys miss. And I just, it's really scary. They got some good guys in the back end of the secondary but they got mixed up in some bad situations. Stanford was sloppy with the ball against Colgate. I I really think USC um, is is a scary, scary opponent for Stanford here. And knowing what Stanford has in weeks coming, uh, they're going to have to play their best here to try and get this. I just don't see it happen. I think it's a. I just think it's a bad matchup. Uh, I look at the versatility Caleb has. You know, I don't think he had a rush attempt in the first period. And I think it was like second play of the second quarter. They're doing all the ride to side with Die and the and the other guys, and then boom, he keeps it gone forty yards, and just like that, it's it, it just they get you on your run. Then the tempo starts, and then they got you right where they want you. So I I I know it was Rice. I gave out Rice. I thought they could compete and keep the ball uh, away from USC, and they sort of did that. They looked great in the yep. first couple of drives. And you said it, three pick sixes, one going in on the five-yard line, gets returned 90-something yards, and then you get two more, and then your run game and your game plan is thrown out the window. So I think Stanford will try and replicate some of the things. I just don't think they have the difference makers, and that's what worries me about Stanford in this matchup. I got three more underdogs. Yes, here. go. I like UNLV plus the 13 against Ooh. Cal. Have them under. Like I, I, I think with Brumfield as a big lefty, now that he's healthy, I, I think he's going to give some teams problems this year. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't. We've we've loved Cal, loved on Cal a whole bunch. But I'm not, I'm not sure they should be a 13 point favorite in this game. I know it was Idaho State, but UNLV might actually like have a pulse this year. They might actually yep. be okay, especially if that kid has to stay healthy at quarterback. So UNLV. Mm-hmm. Plus the 13 was one I looked at. Uh, Washington State plus the 17 at Wisconsin. I know Wazoo mm. did not look great against yep. Idaho. Um, Ward struggled at times, but it, but at the same time, you, you'll you looked at you look at Wisconsin. The game we, they kind of struggled for a while. They got a they got you yeah. talked about uh, Rice going in. They scored their first points. Yeah. were on a, a pick six under a pick six, and then. They had a 90-something-yard touchdown run. So they had two big, big plays like that, one from their defense to uh, to ultimately get the lead. And outside of that long 96-yard touchdown run, was it 13 carries for 52 yards? And I don't I don't trust the quarterback. I know he played great against Illinois, against the Redbirds yeah. there. But I we, we've seen his 
his, his thing before. He does not inspire a lot of confidence in me. So, uh, yeah, I think Wazoo plus the 17 is one to look at. And uh, another Holdreno special, uh, a team that has a bigger game next week is Michigan State. They, they, go, to, they mm. go to Seattle, take yeah. on UW. They're a 34-point, 34-and-a-half-point favorite against Akron, who's terrible. Um, but at the same time, that game last week, it was 21-13 going to the fourth quarter with Western Michigan. Uh, Thorne was, what, 50% completions on passes. Uh, I, I, I don't think – I mean, they're in no jeopardy of losing the game. But five touchdowns with a big game next week didn't look great. Uh, it, it, at times last week, closer than the, the final score indicated. I'll take Akron plus the 34 and a half. Zips, give it to me. Uh, <laughs> the, the Wazoo game, that's the one. Uh, I just want to get, I just want Wazoo to get out of there alive because I'm on, their, I'm on their season win total. And this is the game that can make or break it because you said it. it Wisconsin was not impressive, but this is a total contrast to styles. And Jim Leonard always seems to succeed in these kinds of circumstances. Mm -hmm. And Wazoo's weakness, or I should say thing that they need to improve on, is that offensive line. And this is a huge wake-up test because if they get to this quarterback early, uh, I think the world of him and Cameron Ward, I just think he, he's going to try and do too much. And this that's what scares me because I could see Wisconsin creating a lot of turnovers in this game. So I, 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 I have I have that one. Uh I'll be I'll be watching for sure. Um, UNLV new offense coordinator Nick Holtz, watch out. Uh, likes what he has in, in Vegas, and I agree with you. I, I I think the world of Wilcox people know that, uh, but they lost the um, you know their best defensive guy again for the year, and them giving double digits in this kind of circumstance, you know, not really a lot of people in the building, and UNLV's got some skill guys that could go so. It, it does feel like a lot. I have two teams uh, that one is not your perennial power and one looked like poop last week. And thank you for <laughs> Rutgers uh, for covering. And thanks to Oklahoma over. Those right. were two winners last week. I like BC this week. And it smells like poop for sure. But I just feel like Virginia Tech is still – going through a process. I know the defense is yeah. going to be good, but the quarterback, I said it before the season, that's what scared me. You, you get a guy who, who you know, has a, a world of ability and those four interceptions against Old Dominion ended up coming back to bite him. And yeah. I just feel like BC learned a lot about themselves last week in a, in a team against Rutgers, who I think is improved. That's why I took Rutgers last week. I think they have an improved roster. You know Shiano's teams are going to be prepared. And I just thought it was too many points. They end up winning the game uh, late in the fourth quarter. But that's just the Shiano special. Hang around, hang around, yep. make a couple plays, you know. So I like BC uh, as, as my favorite underdog to, to win on the field. And my other underdog, I think, is getting too many points. And it's coming off a game. Uh, it's Kansas against West Virginia. And I just feel like I'm not sure what I'm going to get out of West Virginia there. I know the I was crop. impressed with them on Thursday night, man. Yeah. I just don't know how they're going to come back out. I mean, that's a that's a tough, tough situation to come back from. And Kansas is going to be a pain in the ass. I'm not saying Kansas is going to win the game. I just think they'll do enough to hang around uh, knowing what Lightbolt could do uh, scheme-wise. So that those are the two I had, had circled uh, as far as underdogs. I don't really consider this one an underdog, but a, an awesome late slate Saturday night. Uh, you got Baylor plus three and a half at BYU. Mississippi State's minus 11 at Arizona, who upset San Diego State. And mm -hmm. the one, I mean, Oregon State's a, an underdog by one point here at Fresno. I think these two teams are really good. Oregon State was impressive. Now, when I go back and watch it, I think it might be more of Boise State's not that good. Yeah, uh, Bo Bo Boise is the, uh, the the bloom is off the rose there. That, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, they're the group of five flavor of the past. And Fresno just did what they had to do against Cal Poly. I know. Listen, people, when you're tweeting me and I say the line's 32 <laughs> and it goes to 41 and a half and you're asking if I still like it, the answer is no. no. <laughs> it's 10 points. Okay. Um, 
I, I just continually got at questions asked. I'm like, no, it's 10. Why are you giving away an extra 10? No, we were not on that. Um, and that was the same, that's the same thing. I told people, and people were asking me about, do you, do you still like um, TCU laying 14? When you, I'm like, no, yeah. I, I can't. I, I already bet it at seven and a half. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't in good faith say bet it at fourteen. Nor would I ever bet it at fourteen. So I, I like I hear it. Sim, it sounds like a good love, late, late, late card that I'll be able to uh, watch a couple minutes of in the uh, San Francisco Airport Sky Club prior to uh, getting on that red eye. How fast are you going to be asleep on that red eye? Is three minutes after we take off and I can put the seat fully uh, flat. <laughs> I, I, I always struggle with when do I take the Tylenol PM to knock me up? Because I don't, I don't want to take it too soon and then not be, and then like have it past its prime to work to officially knock me out. So usually I'll take it like right before I'm going to get on the plane. I will load the plane up. Take yeah. off. That's usually like a like a half hour process. So by that time, it should be uh, in my system and good to go. But yeah, we'll be. So you'll you'll need a Tylenol PM. Yes, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even I will, need yeah. one with your day. Yeah, well, I, I'll 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 need it and want it just because it's going to be a a long a long day Got just it. with all the the travel between spots and my elbow is killing me. So I'll it'll 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 help. Okay. Our Illinois did not get there last week. No, they, they, Just, yeah, grew. I mean, what what do you do? Like you, seventy yards in the entire second half, and then you allow that try. Come on, man! Brutal. And then Purdue, and then Purdue as well. Oh. I mean, I mean, what are you doing, Bob? What do you? I mean, they. All probably, right, here's the deal, though. Here's the deal. Mm-hmm. You knew that was going to happen. He doesn't run the ball, right? I don't understand why right. people. He doesn't do it, and that's what drove me nuts. Waking up the next morning and, and trying to get through game stories and, and just these tweets about people yelling at Brown. I'm like, then don't bet him then. Like, if you don't know what he does, you shouldn't take him because I knew exactly what was happening there. He was not going to do it. And could they have tried? I, and that's the thing. Do people just want three runs into the, into the butt of the center there? Like, what do you want? I think he's trying to win the game. He's going for the kill. He's yeah. going to his advantages. And the kid for Penn State made a great play on an underthrow. That doesn't happen. And 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 in the first half, he runs a reverse. Everybody wants him to run the ball, and the kid fumbles. That stuff sticks in your head, man. It, it does. So I understand where – I'm not saying you, uh, but the, the outcry – I'm just like, you, you got to know what Purdue does there because in that circumstance, that's what he's going to do. Yeah, that was probably about, what, what do you think, a minute and a half, two minutes that probably could have burned off the clock? They not thrown lower, lower percentage. I mean, you know, they had thrown some higher percentage passes. Yeah. Fine, uh, but but uh, it was so frustrating. Yeah, should have should have won that game. We should have won Illinois, and should have been a, yeah, so frustrating. Yeah, Illinois. Uh, Louisville was not the right side. That was a bad one. No, bad one. No, that, that, it's uh, going to be interesting to see it. And, and now they got to go to UCF this week, and that's on a Thursday night. That's a and, and deal with John Rice Plumley. That that's a plenty uh, in that game. Am I? I was just gonna say, am I wrong to love that dead over in that game? It's yeah, at sixty-one. That's one I have circled here. Both teams Friday aren't getting. A, both teams aren't getting a thirty in that game. I mean, come on, <laughs> the winner's scoring forty. How would think Let so. Alone. so I, I have that circled as as a game for sure. I think uh, the I think the biggest thing that I'd be con- like uh, uh, scratching my head about with Louisville is how did they get blown out in a game that Syracuse had like twenty penalties. Well, didn't they have eighteen penalties? Yeah, Certainly. it was. It's. I believe it was seventeen seven. Louisville gets the ball. Nice drive to start the half, and then he throws a pick in the end zone. Guy's wide open, and he throws a pick in the end zone, and then that just spun the whole thing around. Because then they get the ball back. He throws another pick, and I want to say they returned it down to like the ten yard line. Mm-hmm. So the, the talk about the fields being flipped. Uh, it, it didn't take long. Syracuse, give them credit, man. They're 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 physical, and they're going to do. Uh, what they do best, and that's give the ball to Tucker. That kid is a human battering ram. I, mm-hmm. I, I really like him. Uh, as they travel to the rent this week uh, to face Coach Moore and the Huskies, who are one and one, no big deal. Yes, they are. Uh, I said it before the season, Texas Tech was going to beat Houston, 
and now they're favored. I can't believe this. Yep. I was just going to say, you've got three. You've got three ranked teams, underdogs to unranked teams. You got Texas Tech minus three against Houston, Florida minus four and a half against Kentucky, and Tennessee. Should Tennessee be a six and a half point favorite at Pitt? That one was a little curious because usually I'm all about the the unranked team favorite over a ranked team. Yeah. And you know what they're trying to do. It, it should ten, like, like they, they played Ball State. Like you knew that was coming. In in that opening, you knew Ball State wasn't going to stop them. Like Pitt's offense is still pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I still think Pitt has a chance to win the conference. I just talked about the start uh, being enormous, uh, knowing the two out of conference games they have, and they got the job done. They obviously Narduzzi yelled at Scott on the post game saying they need to tighten <laughs> things up and. Uh, People aren't respecting them, but that's that's coach's own fight. What I think is going to happen here, though, is Pitt is going to go at the deficiencies of the Tennessee defense, and how much of that is keep away from Tennessee. Uh, that that that's where that it comes help. down to. <laughs> that would because help. if if I mean Pitt played that whole game last year in the lead. And then that's when we saw Hendon Hooker's coming out party in that second half. So, you know, if, if people always say if he starts that game, they win. Okay, you could say whatever you want. But it's a stay away for me because I'm still not sold on Pitt's defense as far as the secondary goes. I'm confident they're going to get Hooker and, and create negative plays. But Tennessee's offense still scares me because of the big play capability and, and the ability to overcome uh, uncomfortable situations when it comes to down and distance. So it's a stay away for me. It's a fascinating game, obviously. Yep. Um, it's, it, it, it'll be circled. That's a good 330 game. What do you have uh, ranked versus ranked Baylor at BYU? Oh, I hate I, – I don't want to know. I can't wait to watch it. I want Because no you love both teams, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I love yeah, – I, 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 I can't wait to – I love watching Grant Baylor's offense with, with, with Grimes and, and Chapman. Uh, BYU it was – you talk about, like, if you could put together, like, a a box score of, like, South Florida's first quarter against BYU, North Carolina defense's fourth quarter uh, against Appalachian State, and Rice's uh, third quarter against UAE, against USC, that'd be one hell of a, uh, uh, a stat page to look at. But, yeah, B- BYU – Blew out USF. Like now, now you go home and you, you take on. Kind of feels like BYU is the right side here, but boy, I I, I want no part of playing this game uh, either. In other, just like the Arkansas Cincinnati game last week, great game. Either either team could have won, and it played out pretty much exactly how we thought of. Just a really fun, entertaining game to watch. And boy, were those fans off the hook last week. That was an awesome atmosphere. That's it, and that's a game this week. I mean. Should should they be an eight and a half nine point favorite over South Carolina? Watching the tape, I see it. South Carolina was not the offensive line was not impressive, yeah, and, and that and that's what I mean. I, I think they outgained got outgained on the ground like two hundred to seventy, mm-hmm. and that I mean. But then on the other side, I was kind of you know really impressed with uh, Georgia State. So I think South Carolina is going to change some things and, and we're more trying some things against Georgia state as far as personnel alignments, shifts, motions, all that stuff. And Arkansas is not going to, you know, they're not known for getting to the quarterback. Uh, I think that's a benefit to South Carolina. I do think South Carolina has got some serious playmakers on their defense, but I thought, uh, I thought that the quarterback situation for Arkansas looked really good. And he's a kid that I could trust. And I, I, I like the, the addition of the kid from Oklahoma. And I just, I want to see what Bryles does. I always love what he does from an offensive standpoint. I just, I want to see how he goes about attacking because South Carolina flies to the ball. They got awesome speed on the edge, great speed in the secondary. I think their cover skills are good. So I think Arkansas is going to try and pound them. And I'm interested to see what South Carolina does. Uh, to combat that. So that that's a really, really interesting game. It's another game where we on South Carolina season win total. It's gettable. Are they going to get it? Probably not. But I, I it, it's more moving ahead 
Uh, you know, they got Georgia the following week. I know they're not getting that one. Uh, so it, it, it's you, you, you don't think you don't think they're going to get Georgia? I don't think so. Not th- not this year. Not this year. Uh, I, can't, I can't wait to have some fun next week with our friend. <laughs> he's going to be so salty next week. He's going to he's going to mute me on his phone. Yep. Yeah, gonna gonna yeah, I think you I still are. Are you still muted? I think you are. I might be. <laughs> Better chance. Vandy at home or Mizzou on the road. Vandy's at home the Wake Forest. Obviously, no Sam Hartman. Missouri on the road at Kansas State. Vandy. Wow. Vandy, I mean, they got a quarterback who can make some plays. And obviously, Wake Forest still probably has some defensive liabilities. I don't I don't I don't think Missouri is a great team by any by any shakes. Uh I I, I don't think I don't think I don't think they can go to Kansas State and win by any means, mm-hmm. whereas I there is a chance Vandy can pull the upset. Okay. I like the over in that Vandy Wake Forest game. I don't think there's gonna be any defense. And I like Kansas State. I, I think it's a bad matchup for Missouri, uh knowing what they want to do. And I think Kansas State is gonna be able to do what they want. Offense. I, Missouri's improved on defense, but a lot of times, like they can only improve from what they did last year. How about the Dukies plus nine and a half, one and zero at Northwestern? Yeah, they got a good start to the uh, Mike Elko era the, with the, with the shutout of Temple. Temple's terrible. Oof, holy they're, they're, moly! There, there. I can't wait. The, the, the Temple South Florida game has a uh, give me South has, Florida. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. It's a, it's a long way. It's a long way back. A long way back from the from the Matt Rule AAC championship days in well, the 2016 when they uh yeah beat Navy. Yeah, we're we're we got we got some ways to go. Air Force minus 17 the Colorado. How 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 how, how about Darrell man kicking that field goal? Oh, mm. punting, punting rather. What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> I, eh. uh, some some C C C U is is as bad as yeah everybody kind of but speaking of bad and it, it pains me to say it as well Charlotte I mean <laughs> we we're both like Will Healy apologists here but yeah goodness. not good Woo. not good. Not good. Catching four touchdowns at home to a Maryland team that didn't cover against Buffalo. That's uh, that's saying a lot. And Hawaii plus 51. I mean, how do you take Hawaii? You can't. Right? You can't. I mean, but the question is, is do you take Michigan? Can you take Michigan knowing that McCarthy is going to go out there with all this pressure that he's probably going to put on himself to put up massive numbers to try and win the starting quarterback job? Does that affect his play? Can he win the quarterback job handing the ball off 15 consecutive times? He might. He actually, he might be able to. Because I get I get I get the sense. I get the sense Jim Harbaugh really wants him to be the quarterback. Yeah. You kind of read between the lines with everything mm-hmm. going on there. You, you get the sense that Harbaugh wants him to be the guy. Which I don't know if that's necessarily fair or right to McNamara, being that he did help get them to the college football playoffs last year and won the Big Ten. But uh, hey, um, again, that's why we're sitting here talking into a, a microphone and a Zoom call and not being paid millions and millions of dollars a year. Correct. Uh, what else sticks out to well, you? We should be. We should be getting paid millions of dollars a year. Oklahoma State. You read anything of that to that bad beat? They're getting. They're giving eleven to Arizona State. Yeah, I. I, I, I think it was. I think the fact that losing Jimmy Knowles off that defense, I think, really. I'm trying trying to wind you up. With, with that, <laughs> but uh, I mean, clearly, clearly their their offense looks as good as ever. Um, defensively, they struggled, but, but but it's not like Central Michigan's. I mean, Jim McElwain's had no slouch of an offensive mind. So correct. It's not like it's not like it was. I mean, is that alarming? Maybe a little alarming, but I mean, they're one of the the upper third quality Mac teams, I would say. So, but I, I just don't know what to make of Arizona State. Like, yeah, is Emory Jones going to go in there and not turn the ball over and keep them in the game? They had so much roster turnover. 
For, for me, it would be Oklahoma State or pass. Okay. The oh, what's the total? Fifty-seven. That seems low. Spencer Sanders looked great last week. I'll say that. Yeah, I didn't see any. I, I did not see much of that game. Only because it was going on right when we were at the uh, at the backyard brawl. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I saw the numbers later that night. Is ECU given too much against ODU? Twelve? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think this is a. Um, I think it's a. I, I can. Can Mike Houston get those guys mentally back after? It's weird because they really should not have been in a position to win the game. Like NC State should have put that game away mm-hmm. twice inside the five yard line. Like how they did not score, like and, and, and go up fourteen, is beyond me. So like, yeah, they ultimately could have won and maybe should have won the game without the game ended. But at the same time, like how NC State did not put that game away, yeah, uh, would, would would be would be troubling to me if I were a uh, a Wolfpack backer. What would be troubling too is how Devin Larry made some really poor decisions in that game. That throw, that interception was a terrible decision. Might have been might have been pressing a little bit. Terrible throw. So, but after last night, like th- that that league is still wide open. That that is a wide open league, and mm-hmm. I don't know what I mean. I just don't know. I just don't know who I would take in that league to to beat Clemson. I mean, I, I took North Carolina before the year, and obviously it looks like they're going to be able to score on any anybody this year. But at the same time, they're probably not going to be able to stop anybody. Correct. Is uh, next week is uh, is uh, Penn State at Auburn, right? Yes, sir. We want to lay twenty three with Auburn at home against San Jose State. San Jose State almost lost to Portland State. I want to say this is uh, true. This is true. Uh, yeah, I, I just feel like Auburn's going to do the old let's run the ball and get the hell out of here. So the San Jose State want to hang in there for 40-plus minutes against the run? I'm not sure. Yeah, in 90-something degree weather. Yeah, like it's – I'm just, I'm just trying I'm just trying to hit on – I got you. Uh, oh, speaking of a bad game, FIU with Texas State. Woo! Oof. Is te- I think Texas State just committed another turnover. Yeah, bad. And they were supposed to be better at the quarterback position, too. Tough. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. I'm doing this uh, until it doesn't come in. I know it's the highest one on the board. I will have the Oklahoma over against Kent State. It's 71. I don't care. We're taking it until it loses. It could be a one-week deal. But the way Oklahoma is going to press, and I'll tell you what, I don't know why. Well, I am partial to Mr. Windhorse, our, our good friend. I love Kent State football. I really do. I stayed up Saturday night watching them in Seattle, just, just battling it out. Knew you were giving what were you giving? 21 and a half. You got 22 there. And a half. Yep. And I don't Kent State, cool uniforms. I love their offensive scheme. I love the head coach. That guy, we got to get him a gig, uh, even though um we love Kent State. And I don't want to see him a lot, but I really like Kent State's kicker, Glass. Came in. <laughs> Came in, hit some big forty yards. First, time, first dude, time we, first it, time ever, someone has said, "Oh, I, I really like that Mac kicker." I love. Well, hey, Maryland's got the Eastern Michigan kicker from last year. That dude could boot it. So watch out, Mac kickers on the rise. Uh, but I, I, I just Kansas State. What's what? Would they start? They go Washington, Oklahoma. And what's their third game? Kansas State, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Good for them. Good for them. So yeah, that's, Kent State. That's, that's, I mean, yeah, you know what? That, that, that's, pay, that's paying Coach Lewis's salary the, and probably keeping the athletic department afloat. Yep. Give me 20 points, Kent State, this week. Just give me 20. You'll Feel get good 20. about that. Yeah. You'll get 20. Uh, so that's going to be a definite. Uh, I'm just trying to think of other games. I was at the Navy game. That was not pretty. It did not look pretty. Uh, and now they're only getting six from Memphis. That line reeks. Yeah, Memphis isn't any good either. No. Uh, what else is on here? Cuse giving 22 and a half at UConn. Oh, another smelly line. Tulsa giving six to NIU. That's stinky. Coming off that Wyoming game? The overtime yeah. Game? yeah. 
Notre Dame giving 20 to Marshall. All right. I think that's all I got as far as yeah, thoughts on the game. We're good. I think we're good. All right. Uh, do you have anything for the Big Mike Happy Recap? I have a bunch of possibilities. I'm going to give you, yeah. again, uh, this is a chance to remind you. Our picks, official, what our keep our record at. It goes by our, our column that comes out on Thursday mornings on ESPN.com. Chalk section, plenty of stuff there. If you haven't checked out the chalk section, I mean, you want to gamble. There's information, everything. Uh, as the week goes on, there's more stuff. We got all yep. the NFL stuff coming out. Um, all the guys from and girls from Daily Wager will have their stuff there. Uh, so please uh, check that section out. Again, Baron Eyes column comes out Thursday morning. Those are our official picks. Well, I was I was two and three last week. What were you? Three, one, and one. Nice. There we go. Yeah, and it uh, should have been should have been five and zero. Oh. <laughs> really? What was the push? Yeah. Illinois plus three. Oh, so yeah, pick up ESPN.com chalk section every Thursday morning. Official records are there. Big Mike Happy Recap. Big Mike Happy Recap. Bear, I will go here. These are all possibilities. The UCF Louisville over 61. Georgia State plus seven and a half. BC plus three. App State plus 19. The over in the Oklahoma game, 71. Mississippi State, Arizona over 59. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm gonna- I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with the, the dogs that I had mentioned. I'm going to go with Southern Miss plus 26 and a half, Akron plus 34 and a half, Stanford plus nine and a half, uh, UNLV plus 13, which might be the game I like the most out of all of them, and uh, Wazoo plus 17. As we sit here with those numbers on Tuesday afternoon. Okay, I got to go back at you. We will have competing picks. I will take USC minus an, is it nine nine and a half? I saw nine and a half. Okay, I'll still I've seen nine. It. I've seen nines, and I've seen nine and a half. So obviously, you you can you can lay nine, and I can take nine and a half. Depending, I can go across the street and take nine and a hook, and you can, <laughs> you can go across the street and lay nine. You've never done that before. No, me <laughs> never. How's never. the uh, how's the fantasy looking? You any baseball playoffs? Um, I. Well, I have, I have the, I bet three teams to win the series. I, I bet the Mets, I bet the Braves, and I bet the Astros. Okay, those those are the teams I bet. So I feel the way I've kind of calculated it out that I feel pretty good. I, I the uh, the Mets are my best result. So I'm, I'm I'm I love the Mets, by the way. I, yeah, and I'm a yeah, I'm a Yankees fan. I hate this team. I hate this Yankees team. They're not enjoyable. It's, a, it's a, just I, I get no no enjoyment out of watching them. It's, it's just striking. Everyone strikes out, and Judge will come up and hit a home run, and, and that's pretty much it. Um, my my biggest my biggest baseball thing is going to be the uh, the National League Rookie of the Year. Uh, if anybody who's been following me on Twitter is well aware that I am a I am a uh, heavily invested in Michael Harris, okay. for the Braves to win the. Uh, the rookie of the year, and I'm surprised Strider is as big of a favorite as he is. I mean, I, I I'm just curious how the voters are going to handle that because he got Harris, who's just been rock solid in the lineup. He's over 300, plays great defense. Like he's he's fan he's just a fantastic player, and he got a rookie pitcher, and everybody got excited because he struck out 16 Rockies last week. But mm. not that he's undeserving, but. I just think Harris is more deserving. So that's that's my uh, that, that's going to be my big baseball position. Like if Harris can win the Rookie of the Year, that'll be great. And then, and by the time most people hear this podcast, I will either be happy or sad with the uh, the U.S. Open result on Tuesday night. I have a night. I, I I had three 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 ladies that I played. I took my shot with Shang at eighty to one, and she got beat by Meemeyer and two. Close sets. I had Samsonova at a nice number to win that quarter, and she had eight set points and served for the set the other night uh, against Rudy T. And uh, that's Alja Tomjanovic to be correct. I just joke around and say Rudy T for people who want it, who know tennis and laugh. And then she just she lost the uh, the set and lost the tie break, and that was done. She got blown out in the second set. So that really hurt. But Tuesday night. 
I fly, I fly hashtag with Carol. Okay. I'm, I'm on, I'm on Caroline Garcia. I got her. I got her at some like 35 to one, 20 to one, 14 to one to win. I got her to win the quarter. So uh, this is a big, big match tonight for him. I have to figure out if I'm just going to, she's a slight favorite over Coco. And I haven't heard one person like Caroline Garcia tonight. So that's a good thing. Okay. I'm rooting for Tiafo. <laughs> big, big friend. Tiafo. He's, sh- he's got a huge shot against Rublev. Yeah. I'd love to see, love to see it. Uh, DMV's all up in arms for him. Place were going crazy last, uh, yesterday. Um, be, I, I, I just, you knew the time would come, but like he just overpowered Nadal. Yes. Just, you know, you just, it's, it's crazy to say, but it's even crazier to see. So, um, that was, that was really fun. They could ever, their best case scenario, right, would be Tiafo Karios in the final. The, uh, no, I think they'd like Alcaraz. Okay. I think, that, I think they want Alcaraz. Alcaraz Karios would be programming's best, uh, Best uh, hope, and then I think on the on the ladies' side, they'll, they'll want uh, Coco versus uh, Ega. I would think would be the match that mm. would get over the most. Big one, it would, but we don't want that. We want Coco to be done tonight. Even though I love her, I yeah. love her attitude. I, lo- I love her, I love her attitude. I love her m- maturity. I love the way she plays. But I, I, I will be, I'll be on rooting for for Caroline tonight. Okay. All right. You travel safe, my man. Uh, I will. We'll be in touch, and hopefully next week we are traveling to the same place at College Station. I think there's a good chance of that as long as uh, as long as we don't see a significant upset. I think yep. you're, you're in good shape. Very good. All right, my man. Take us away. That's your bet. More you lose when you win. You can listen to follow the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, don't miss more from Stanford Steve on ESPN Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt. And check out the Bear on College Game Day on ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. <laughs>